0: Welcome to Matt Noel Ministries Sermon Podcast. Feel free to download these sermons and share them with your friends and family. Thanks for listening. God bless. Father God, we thank you for a brand new year. We thank you, Lord, for the beautiful day. God, what a beautiful day. This is the day that you've made, Lord. God, it's just wonderful to have that blue sky and sun. God, we rejoice in you today. Lord, our hope is in you, God. We We just celebrate Jesus, our Lord and Savior, this morning, God. Thank you for the body. Thank you for the church. Thank you for our brothers and sisters in Christ and the unity that we have as family. Lord, we're family, and Lord, we're very blessed, and we're just grateful to you, God. We're grateful, and we just say a big thanks, Lord, for all that you've done and for all that you're going to do in this church, through this church, in our families, in our homes, in our own personal lives, God. As you lead and direct us this new year, in Jesus' name, amen. We all know that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. If you don't know that, that's Genesis 1, chapter 1, verse 1. You can read that in your, the very first verse of your Bible. But we all know that in the beginning, God created everything, and he created it perfectly. It was beautiful, and he said, actually, that every time he'd create something, he said, and God said it was good. And then when he made people, he said, and God said it was? When God made people, he said it was very good. But then that little weasel of a devil in the form of a serpent came in and thought he could try to ruin everything. And he did a great deal of damage for sure by bringing sin into the world. He tempted Eve and Adam and Eve both fell into temptation of sin, which is simply uh, doing... Something that is against God, period. That's sin. That's disobedience. And when they disobeyed the Lord, sin entered into the earth. And the earth was now damaged and scarred forever by sin. Forever. The state that it's in today that we see, we see the fruits of sin all over. We see it in government. We see it in our jobs. We see it on TV. We hear it on the radio. It, sin is everywhere. The, you see the, the fruit of sin, the, the reality of sin. School shootings and violence and all these things. It's because of the devil and his sin that entered the world in the very beginning. And it's amazing to me that like we, we understand that one day this earth, and it says in 2 Peter chapter 3, it says that th- this earth one day is going to be destroyed by fire. This earth that we live on and the ungodly thereof. The Bible says that. And Christians will be saved. But this world will be destroyed once and for all. But in the beginning, we know that when sin entered the world, there's a story in in the book of Genesis where God looks down from heaven upon the creation that he made and upon the people that he made and he sees that All they think about and their intentions are just all evil. And it says here in Genesis chapter 6, verses 5 through 9, the Lord observed the extent of human wickedness on the earth, and he saw that everything that they thought of or imagined was consistently and totally evil. That's amazing to think of it. That all the people were just, they were all about sin and evil intentions. So the Lord was sorry that he ever made them and put them on the earth. It broke his heart. That's right in in God's word. He was sorry. Another version says, he regretted making people because of how sinful and disobedient against him, their very creator that they were. And the Lord said, I will wipe this human race I have created from the face of the earth. Yes, I will destroy every living thing, all the people, the large animals, the small animals that scurry along the ground, and even the birds of the sky. I'm sorry that I ever made them. But Noah found favor or grace in the eyes of the Lord. This is the account of Noah and his family. Noah was a righteous man. The only blameless person living on earth at that time. And he walked in close fellowship with God. So God saw everybody was all about evil and sinful intentions and ways. But then Noah was righteous. Noah's heart was towards God. Noah wanted to obey God. And the Bible says that Noah walked intimately and close with God. He was in relationship with his creator. He was a righteous man living in an evil world amongst evil people. And in verse 13, it says, So God said to Noah, I have decided to destroy all living creatures, for they have filled the earth with violence. Yes, I will wipe them all out along with the earth. He's speaking to Noah. Build a large boat from cypress wood and waterproof it with tar inside and out, and then construct decks and stalls throughout its interior. Make the boat 450 feet long, 75 feet wide, and 45 feet high. That's a big boat. This isn't some canoe. Leave an 18-inch opening below the roof all the way around the boat, Uh, put the door on the side and build three decks inside the boat, lower, middle, and upper. So not just some massive boat. He wants it to be like a cruise liner, like three stories, God says. And he says, look, I'm about to cover the earth with a flood that will destroy every living thing that breathes. Everything on earth will die. But I I will confirm my covenant with you. So enter the boat, you and your wife and your sons and their wives. So God tells Noah to make a boat because he's going to save certain ones, but he's going to destroy everything on the planet. This, And he says, but Noah, I will confirm with you my covenant. This is the first time in the Bible that we see God mentioning his covenant with people. God has a covenant with Christians, with Christians his people. He's made a promise or a or a signed contract, which is a covenant. You, you write your name on that saying, I agree. This is my people. These are my promises. This is my covenant. When I married my wife through thick and thin, no matter what we go through, I made an absolute covenant with her that I will be her husband until the day I die. That's my covenant of marriage. And God made a covenant with Noah, an agreement with Noah. And this is mentioned here for the first time in Scripture. That, In other words, he says, I will be your God. I will be faithful to you. I will continue to have fellowship with you, Noah. My grace will be more than enough for you, Noah, and I will save you. I will be your God. I will confirm that covenant with you despite the destruction of the earth that you're going to see. So God commands Noah to build this boat, and it's awesome. He gives him perfect instructions. He even tells him the wood species he he wants it to be of, the dimensions. He, like, gives him the blueprint for the ark, and Noah obeys. And it begins building, and he's 500 years old. 500-year-old man begins building a boat when the sun is shining down in 40-degree temperatures. And he's got his shirt off and his sweat towel. Hey, Noah, what you making? I'm making a boat. Why? What are you talking about? What's a boat? Why are you making a boat? God told me to do it. You're crazy, old man. All right, God bless you. On your way, son. Right? <laughs> Noah starts, Noah's being obedient. He takes the instructions from God, and he's, been, he's being obedient. You can imagine the people saying, look at this fool. He's building a boat in the middle Oh, a rain's coming. God's gonna destroy the earth. God, God spoke to me. A flood's coming, and you'll be destroyed. I'm making a boat for those who want to be saved. This boat will be done, and Noah begins to be obedient to God. In Genesis seven, chapter seven, verse five says, "Noah did all that the Lord commanded him." Noah was six hundred years old when the flood waters came to the earth, and Noah and his sons and his wife and his sons' wives. Entered the ark to escape the waters of the flood. So here's the picture that we're at now Noah was 500 when he began building the ark, and now when he's 600 years old, the flood waters come. How long did it take him to build this boat? You're very good at math. 100 years approximately is what we learn from scripture. Of how long? Day after day, month after month, year after year. Could you imagine that, church? And he didn't stop. He didn't give up. He built the boat that God told him to do. You can imagine the feelings he had to fight through. What am I doing? This must be in vain. Why am I wasting my time and my energy? But he obeyed the Lord. And now the Bible tells us that when he's 600 years old, He and his wife and their three sons and their wives, they enter the boat. They enter the boat. Now they are sitting inside the boat. The rain is about to come, but it's not come yet. But they're in the boat, ready. God said, get in the boat, right? They're in the boat. They look around. It's just them. There's thousands and thousands of millions of people still out there, but they're inside the boat that God told them to make. And there's animals everywhere. And there's animal noises everywhere. And there's animal odors and animal droppings everywhere. But they're all inside the boat waiting. They're sitting there in the ark in the open sun. People are watching them probably say, look at these guys inside this boat and there's still no rain. They're just sitting there. And there was a door on this ark that was still open. While they were on the boat, the door was still open. There was still an open invitation. If they wanted to come on, they could come on the ark and join them. It was still open. And Genesis 7 verse 10 says, After seven days, the waters of the flood came and covered the earth. When Noah was 600 years old on the 17th day of the second month, all the underground waters also erupted from the earth, and the rain fell in mighty torrents from the sky. The rain continued to fall for 40 days and 40 nights. Non-stop torrential rain for 40 days and 40 nights. And water from under the earth bubbling up, flooding the earth. Water from above, water from below. They are on the boats. What God said would happen a 100 years prior to this is now a reality. It's now happening. And Noah was obedient at the commands of God. And now... Noah doesn't look so foolish. After a hundred years of looking like a fool and preaching righteousness and building this ark that could save lives from the coming flood and judgment, everyone thought he was a fool. But the day came where he no longer looks like a fool because God does what he says. God will always do what he says. And now the Lord is doing. He's flooding the earth verse 18, Genesis 7, as the waters rose higher and the higher above the ground, the boat f- uh, floated safely on the surface. I love that picture of devastation. You see books or even TV programs for children of the story of Noah's Ark, and they've got it completely wrong. They make it look so cute. And, and these furry animals, like I've seen ones where it's like massive giraffes and massive animals on this little boat and it's just like and the sun's shining and Noah's sitting there smiling and the cartoon just looks so fun but but if you really think about when the when the waters were rising higher and higher and they're safe on the ark and they would look out the windows they would see millions of bodies floating millions of carcasses of animals floating could you imagine the screams as people are drowning and screaming for their lives? Could you imagine what really the scene would be like on the ark, but yet God was, was keeping his people safe because they were on the boat that God said for them to make. And finally, the water covered even the highest mountains on the earth, rising more than 22 feet above the highest peak. All the living things on the earth died. Birds, domestic animals, wild animals, small animals that scurry around the ground, and all people died. Everything that breathed and lived on dry land died. God wiped out every living thing on the earth people, livestock, small animals, birds of the sky, all were destroyed. The only people who survived were Noah and those with him in the boat, and the floodwaters covered the earth for 150 days. 150 days, they were floating in this boat. Put yourself there. Put yourself in Noah's situation. It wouldn't just be a joyful boat ride. It would be, God, what's happening here? Why? Why did it have to come to this? And the questions that would go through Noah's mind, he would look and all he saw was, water and destruction and devastation and death from the hand of God in judgment against sin and the floodwaters were on the earth for 5 months 150 days Noah would be like what now here i am with my family safe but what now they're waiting they're just sitting there floating and waiting have you ever been in a in a time in your life where you feel like you've been obedient to God. You've, you've stepped into the direction that God has t- wanted you to go within your job or, or where you live or your ministry or your church. Do you ever feel like you, you know and you're confident you're doing the will of God, you're doing God's will, but now you're in this season where you're just, you're just kind of floating. And you really don't see of where is this going to go. Now I'm waiting. What am I waiting for? What's next? What's going to come from this, God? A week would go by and they're still floating. A month would go by. Two months go by. Three months go by. Noah, his wife, would say, What's happening? What is God doing? We're just floating here in the middle of nowhere. All we see is water. What's going to come from this? God, are you even still there? God, you brought me this far. I've done my best to be obedient, Lord. Are you still there? I did what you asked of me. Are you still there? Are you still there? Now what? What's going to come from this? Noah would say. Maybe I should jump out and say, sweetheart, let me go for a swim and see if I can find some dry land. Maybe I should, you know, throw out... You know, do we have an animal that can swim a little bit? I can jump on his back and we can try to figure this out on our own. Or do we we just wait? Do we just keep waiting? How many more months am I going to have to keep waiting for? I feel like God has forgotten me here out in the water. Maybe somehow I can figure this out on my own. Maybe, who knows, maybe Noah, when he was building the ark, he put some, like, jet fuel... Turbo boosts on the bottom. Maybe now's the time I could fire up those turbo boosts, honey, and we could get on our way here. But something, i got to figure this out. Have you ever been there before in a season in time where you're tempted to try to figure this out? What is it I'm waiting for? And you're frustrated, and you're tired, and you're angry, and sometimes you get frustrated even towards the Lord? And it's like you hear nothing, and you don't see them, and you don't know what to do. And all you can do is wait upon God. My message this morning is, remember your people, oh God. Have you ever been in a time of your life where you're, you're trying to pray, and it's really hard to even start to do that? You don't even know what to say, and you find yourself saying, God, you said this to me. You promised this to me. You gave me that vision 10 years ago, and I know it was from you, God, and now there's nothing. How is that what you promised and spoke ever going to come to pass in my life? And you become very tempted to make a phone call to another human being to try to help you to figure out what only God wants to do. You try to figure out, maybe there's a way I can put my money together, and maybe I can buy what God wants me to do. Maybe I can buy the next open door in my life. Have you ever had times where God seems to just open up doors after door, and it's like, yes, praise God. And then another door, yes, praise God. And you're feeling really good about what you're doing. Have you been there before? And then you get to this place where this is a long hallway, and there's no more doors. And all you do is just you're just walking down the hallway hoping that there's going to be a door maybe on the left wall or the right wall. But no, there's no doors. There's no doors everywhere. So maybe I can take my money to Home Depot and come back to the hallway and install my own door and and there's still nothing there. You've been there before like I have? Have you been there before like maybe I am? I kind of feel like I'm in a season now where I've been waiting on God for some things. Are you with me or am I all alone in that hallway? Good, we're in the same hallway together. At least we're together in the hallway. Praise God. But all you can do is say, Lord, please remember me. Remember what you promised to me. And you got to resist those temptations to try to figure it out on your own. That will lead nowhere. It will lead to more frustration and make things worse. It will. It will make things worse. Don't jump in the, off the boat and try to swim. Don't do that, Noah. That's bad. I'm sure his wife slapped him and said, no. Right? He didn't really say that. I'm... Genesis chapter 8. Listen to this. I love this. Genesis 8 verse 1. But God remembered Noah. After five months floating in the water, questioning, wondering, waiting, God remembered Noah. Noah. What did he promise Noah before the waters even came, before he even started making the boat? He says, Noah, I will, I will confirm my covenant with you. I will remain true to you. I will be faithful to you. I'll see you till the end of this. I'll take you through it. That's his covenants. God's covenant is forever. For you and me this morning, if you're a Christian, God's covenant with you is forever forever. You are in covenant relationship with God like a husband and wife. We are the bride of Jesus Christ. Amen? We are in covenant relationship. You can be at peace, absolutely peace, knowing that Jesus will never cheat on you. Jesus will never get eyes for another and cheat on you and leave you. You are in covenant relationship forever with Jesus Christ. And God remembered that. And he said in 8.1, God remembered Noah and all the animals and livestock in the boat. And listen to this. I love it. What does God do about it? He sees them. God looks down and sees, oh yeah, wait, Noah's still on the boat, right? i got to figure this out for him. Because I told him I would, right? i got to remain true and faithful. Five months is long enough for him. And it says that God sent a wind to blow across the earth and the floodwaters began to recede. Whoosh. When I read that verse this week, I was like, God, that's so powerful. God, in our lives for the church today, in our own spiritual walk with you, God, in those times where we feel just consumed by water and life, God, would you please bring us into a season where you remember us in your faithful covenant, God, and you blow your your faithful wind across our lives Individually, and we begin to see those waters recede, and we begin to see those doors begin to appear that we can open into new things that God has in store. Amen. And it blows the wind across the earth. The flood waters begin to recede. The underground waters stopped flowing, and the torrential rains from the sky were stopped. So the flood waters gradually receded from the earth. After 150 days, exactly five months from the time the flood began, the boat came to rest on the mountains of Ararat. So now, after five months, it's sitting on top of a mountain. But there's still waters all around. But now it's rested on top of Mount Ararat, is where the ark is. And then the Bible says this. Two and a half months later, after they land on the mountain. How many months is that now? Five plus two and a half? Seven and a half months. So two and a half months later as the waters continued to go down why so slow God? Why can't you just pull the plug and boom? It's like a bathtub right after you take the plug out it takes a while. It takes a while to go down. you got to give it time. But God, why in this time? This isn't a bathtub. This is my sanity, Noah would say. This is, God, what are you doing? Finally, we're on the mountain. And now, two and a half months later, the waters are continuing to go down and other mountain peaks are becoming visible. Genesis 8, verse 6 says, And after another 40 days... Noah opened the window he had made in the boat. So it just seems like finally when you think something's about to break, honey, we've hit rock. Oh, praise God. And they open the window and there's still water. Oh, and they're there for two and a half more months. Oh, honey, I can see more mountaintops. Oh, and then 40 more days go by, the Bible says. We can relate with that, can't we? Oh, breakthrough is coming. Things are about to change. And then you realize three months later, no, they're not. Right? They're not. But this is, this is life. This is just how it is. Another 40 days go by and Noah opens the window he had made. And at this point in the Bible, Noah takes a raven that he had on the boat and he sends the raven out. And his mentality here is if the raven doesn't come back, then we know he's found some other land. Noah's just working with what he's got. He doesn't have a smartphone to say, okay, Google, is there anywhere we can land? Look at my phone just said, doesn't recognize my voice. (laughs) Wow, that's another sermon right there. But he releases the raven. And then he also releases the dove. And what happens? Both birds come back, which says what? There's nowhere to land. Noah, what are you doing? We got to land. We're tired from flying around. And then the Bible says, one week later goes by. Another week, Noah then releases the dove a second time. And that dove comes back with an olive branch, a little bit of hope, a doorknob, something, right? Yes, Lord, I see something happening here. And another week goes by, and it releases the dove a third time, and this time... The dove does not return. Honey, kids, the dove didn't come back. That means it's found some land. God is about to move. Yes, we're going to be off this boat finally, once and for all. Whoo! Genesis chapter 7, verse 13 says Noah was now 601 years old. On the first day of the new year, 10 and a half months after the flood began, the flood waters had almost dried up, almost dried up from the earth. Noah lifted back the covering of the boat and saw that the surface of the ground was drying. Verse 14, two more months went by and at last the earth was dry. I'm reading the Bible to you, but just when you think, just when you think, there's more waiting, there's more waiting. Oh God, what are you doing to me here? And then God said to Noah in verse 16, leave the boat. All of you, you and your wife and your sons and their wives. And they were off the boat. Finally, 12 and a half months later. And then that was plus on top of the time building the ark. So from the time that God said, start building the boat, that was a 100 and years. And then it was a year and half a month on the waters until God finally... Brought them to dry land finally, once and for all. Finally, God remembered Noah. He remembered him, as it says in Genesis chapter eight. So this morning, I ask myself, what what am I waiting for from God? You can ask yourself, what what is what is that thing that you're waiting for from God? You know what that is. Maybe it's numerous things. You've been trying to be obedient and faithful like Noah and you've just been surrounded by waters it seems for month after month and maybe year after year but you still have that desire and that hope. You've not not let it go. Do you have those things like me? Things that you're just waiting for and longing for. God, have you forgotten me? Lord, like you did for Noah, would you please confirm your covenant with me? Lord, would you please, in all reverence before a holy God who can wipe me off the planet, would you please act speedily for me, God? Listen, God, God, in those types of prayers, God knows your motive. If your motive is wrong, please don't pray that prayer. If you're not in a position where you can be that open with the Lord, say, God, I'm, I'm frustrated right now. God, I don't understand what you're doing right now. I'm trying to trust you, Lord, but I'm struggling. God, please, you know my heart. You know I'm here in reverence and honor before you, God. But Lord, when? How long? How long, God? How long do I have to wait? When will I ever see this change come? When When can I finally stop praying and making requests to you and begin just praising God because the answer has come. God, when will that time come? We all have those times in our lives. And it's absolutely crucial that you don't try to figure it out. Stay on the boat and keep waiting because God said he will, he will be faithful. He will keep his covenant with you and with me. That's his promise. That's his promise. He will fulfill those plans and those purposes that he has for us. He will. Do you believe that? He will. Cindy and I have things that we long to see happen, and there's times where it's more pressing and we're more excited about it, and then life kind of happens, and maybe a year goes by. It's still there, but a year goes by, and we kind of forget about it a little bit. But it's still there. It's never left. And then something will remind us of it. And then we get more passionate about it. And we begin to pray more about it. God, here we are. Remember that thing that you told us would happen? Lord, we, 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 now we've, we still don't see it happening, God. Remember, please, remember us, Lord. We're still here, God. And we're trying to be faithful. And the Lord will remain true. And we finally read in Genesis chapter 9, God said, I'm giving you a sign of my covenant with you. I'm giving you now a sign of my covenant with you, Noah, and with all living things for all generations to come. I have placed my rainbow in the clouds. It is the sign of my covenant with you and with all the earth. When I send clouds over the earth, the rainbow will appear in the clouds, and I will remember my covenant with you and all living creatures. Never again will floodwaters destroy all the life. When I see the rainbow in the clouds, I'll remember the eternal covenant between God and every living creature on the earth. And God said to Noah, yes, this rainbow is a sign of my covenant that I'm confirming with all the creatures on the earth. I remember, we don't see a rainbow too often, right? And if I'm honest, when I see a rainbow, I'm like, wow, that's beautiful. But I don't get all spiritual and oh, like I, I just, I don't do that. If you do, that's fine. But I, I just don't, but I remember one time in Aurelia, the Lord gave, Pastor Mike's told you that he, he led him to a 40-day fast, and I remember the last day of his fast, remember that? The 39th or 40th day of his fast, right near the end. God put this beautiful rainbow in the sky, and I remember, I remember when we saw that, it wasn't just, oh, that's beautiful. That, there was something there. That was a rainbow that was like, Lord, I still don't know what that promise meant. I still don't know what it meant, but it, if anything, I got from that, it was that the Lord is still with us because if I'm honest we we continued in ministry after we saw the rainbow, and it didn't change. it actually got worse, and then we moved back to Waterloo. But wait a second, you saw a rainbow. didn't you grab hold of all the rainbow? Don't put your hope in the rainbow. It's just my point is that. Whether there's a rainbow or not, we, we got to hold on to God and his promises that even when life stinks and things are hard and you're not seeing anything that you feel God's promised to you, just know that that time will come. It might just be, just wait two and a half more months and then 40 more days and then another week and then one more week. It just might be that way. But until you take your last breath, just hold on to him and his promise for you. And know that he has not forgotten you. He's not forgotten you. God is well aware of your desire and my desire for things that we want to see the Lord do. For things that we're longing for. Things that he's given to us. God has not forgotten you. He will remain faithful to you. We read the words of David in Psalm 13. I love David because he's real. When you read the Psalms and the scriptures that David writes and sings before God, he doesn't hold anything back. We need to be like that with God. Don't hold anything back from God. Don't keep anything from God. In fact, you can't keep anything from God because he already knows The Bible says that the eyes of Jesus are like fire. He sees through your facade and and my facade. He knows how you're feeling. So I encourage you, tell him straight up. Get alone with him. Where nobody else is there, nobody else can hear. And pour your heart out to God like David does. And I love this here in Psalm 13 says, Oh Lord, how long will you forget me? David knew that God was with him. David knew that God wouldn't forsake him. He knew that. We know that. But sometimes we don't feel it. And sometimes we have some real questions we need answered from God. And this is one of them. David's like, Lord, how long will you forget me? Forever? Question mark. Forever? Are you going to forget me forever here, God? I'm still here. I'm still waiting, I'm still ministering, I'm still serving, I'm still doing this, I'm still being committed to you, God. Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you look the other way? Do you ever feel like God's looking the other way? You're crying out, you're praying, and you don't feel him. And you feel like, David feels like, God, how long will you keep looking that way? I'm over here. God knows where you are. God knows exactly where you are. How long must I struggle with anguish in my soul, with sorrow in my heart every day? How long will my enemy have the upper hand? Turn, Lord. Answer me, my God. Restore the sparkle to my eyes, or I will die. Don't let my enemies gloat, saying... We have defeated him. Don't let them rejoice at my downfall. And then he says this, But I trust in your unfailing love. I will rejoice because you've rescued me. I will sing to the Lord because he is good to me. David pours his heart out and says exactly what's going on. God, why aren't you listening? God, have you forgotten me? Lord, turn to me. I'm not that way. I'm this way. Help me. God, rescue me. And then he always ends in faith. He always says, but Lord, I trust in your unfailing love. We always got to end like that. We always want to end like that. And sometimes your flesh will make you feel like there's no way it could ever end like that. You're feeling so downcast. Just know that dry land is coming. Just know that God is going to remain faithful to you. Just know that. You got to know that. Amen? Can we stand together? I want to pray for you. And then if Pastor Mike has a worship song, we're going to worship. Father, we thank you this morning for your great faithfulness. Father, we thank you this morning that we can come to you and we can be honest with you, God. We thank you, Jesus, that we don't have to understand everything. We thank you, Jesus, that, Lord, even when life is so dark and, 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 and hard and weary, oh, God, we thank you that we can put our trust in you and your unfailing love would you help everybody here this morning to continue trusting in your unfailing love God thank you for the covenant relationship that we have with you you are faithful you are with us and God you are committed until the end you've not forgotten your people there's not one person here that you have forgotten Lord So as we move forward, God, in this new year, Lord, as we move forward in this day, God, we will remember that you are with us. And, oh, God, our prayer right now is that, Lord, you would remember us. Remember your people this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to Matt Noel Ministries Sermon Podcasts. I trust you were blessed by today's episode. We'll see you next time. God bless.